Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's a tradition unlike any other. The Masters. Nope. Incorrect. How did they do? That's right. It's back, baby. Our annual survey of how Yahoo did when comparing their preseason rankings on players inside the top 100 to how those players finished the year. This will take us over a few days, probably about a week, give or take, as we pour through the names and different metrics that we've all marked down and derive from that data what we can do with it. What do we do? I'm going to spend some time at the beginning of this show detailing what some of the different values are that we'll be talking about and what their relevance is to how we make our draft selections next year. And then we'll start by taking a look at some of the earliest picks in this season's fantasy draft. Earliest, what do they call them? They call them O-rank or X-rank or something like that. I think they actually finally just changed it to preseason because O-rank and X-rank and P-rank and D-rank, none of that made any sense. All made-up crap. Preseason. Cool. This is Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am Dan Bespris, and this podcast is a hoopball presentation. Hope you guys enjoyed the canned spot. Just more of me. You'll be getting a few more of those, and they'll be entering into a little bit of a rotation here in the not-too-distant future. I want you guys to make sure you're Enjoying some of the other stuff we have to offer here at HoopBall, including, most recently, a brand new podcast from our guys over at the HoopBall Grizzlies team coverage unit. That's David and Sam. HoopBall Grizzlies is the Twitter handle, by the way, if you want to follow it there, or just the HoopBall Grizzlies podcast is the official name of the show. We also have a new HoopBall gaming podcast or a new episode, I should say, that came out yesterday. Lyle and Ira talking Aussie rules football. Previous day, they got into Korean baseball. It's all in there, man. Things to wager on. It's all available. New Kings podcast yesterday. Damian Barling and Aaron Bruski. Good stuff over at the Hoob. Good stuff. So check all that out. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. You can follow HoopBall on Instagram now at HoopBallOfficial. Yes, that's right. HoopBall's Instagram is back up and running. Pretty cool little graphic from yesterday 
on the Hoopball Instagram page comparing the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Some of these young teams that will be fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference when the season does resume. Remember, that is now on July 30th. So we are officially under seven weeks from resumption. 48 days. <laughs> oh, whatever. We're counting it down, man. I need, I need it bad. I need something. Seems like baseball, by the way, is getting closer. Everybody wants to say no, no, no. They've all got to dig their heels in on both sides. I still don't think we should have seen any of this dumb negotiation taking place in real time. Stupid. Just makes everybody hate everybody. If you want the public to get on your side, everybody needs to shut the heck up about it in baseball. Don't tell us what's going on behind the scenes. We don't want to hear about the argument over $400 million. Because you know what we all have? Not $400 million. And it's like, well, one side is billionaires, and the other side is millionaires. So you should definitely take the side of the millionaires. Yeah, I mean, comparative analysis, yes, that's probably right. I'm almost always going to take the side of players in basically any dispute. But listen, both sides, shut up. Stop telling us what's going on. Stop trying to make the other guy seem like the bad guy. Hey, look what we propose. We're ready to go. Shut up, baseball. Just get it together. I want to watch a game. I don't care how we get there. Okay. Enough baseball ranting. Here's how it works. We take the Yahoo numbers, the preseason top 100 from Yahoo, compare it to where they finished by averages. We're going by averages, not by totals. So there will be some slight discrepancies based on, you know, you could redo this in a couple different ways. This is nine category value. And we will compare them. For example, Anthony Davis was the preseason number one. He was the end of season number one. The difference there is zero. That doesn't get us very far. That was a perfect number one pick. Number two preseason ranked player on Yahoo this is actually kind of interesting. I bet a lot of people forgot about this. Was Carl Anthony Towns. Was not James Harden. Towns, by average, finished at number five. And so now we can explore some of the different categories that we'll be looking at. We will be looking at an average. Well, obviously, we're looking at the preseason rank and the final rank. We're going to be looking at Here's the different categories, and then I'll, we'll go through and explain them one by one. We're going to be looking at a running average per five. We're going to be looking at the difference between the pick and the final rank, the absolute value of the difference between the pick and its final rank, a live sum, a live sum of all the differences, a live sum of all of the absolute values, a running average of the sum of both regular and absolute value, a per 10 ranking on the average, a running per 10, basically, which is like a trailing. It's, a, it's good for lagging indicators. It, it makes sure that we're catching things, and it's sort of slower to respond to fluctuations, and the absolute value on a per 10 marker. So those are the different categories we're going to be looking at. In general, because the absolute values are going to be positive, they're going to rack up quicker as you get a little bit deeper into the draft, and not all that much. By, like, pick 15, 
the absolute value numbers are going to be running larger because at that point you're going to have misses on the better and the worse side, and so that number is going to going to jump a little bit quicker. For as a point of example, if you had uh, in this particular draft, say you had pick fifteen or thirteen and fourteen. Kawhi Leonard and Drew Holiday, and we'll go through all this stuff slowly, don't worry. Uh, Kawhi Leonard finished at number three, so he was actually a miss on the positive side by 10. Drew Holiday finished at 29, so he was actually a miss on the negative side by 15. If you average those together, it's minus five. Or excuse me, if you sum them, it's negative five. And if you take the average, it's negative two and a half. So that actually has a lower live running average. Those back-to-back create a very small running average, whereas the absolute value added together is 10 plus 15. So the average miss size is 12.5 there, which I think is actually a pretty relevant stat. So here's what all these different categories mean and why we use them during this week-long breakdown. If you've listened to this before, you can probably skip ahead a little bit. Honestly, I think you guys would enjoy just letting me go through it again. Because it's a refresher. It'll refresh your brain on what we're going to be talking about. You're not trying to remember what the hell we did. By the way, I I noted the last time I opened the file that had all this data in it was May 7th last year. So we did this about a month ago last year. Season ended April 15th-ish. We did some post-mortem stuff. We did the Yahoo comparisons in May of last year. This year we're doing a June because who the hell knows what's going on. Anyway. Tradition is old as time. So the star rank and the final rank, those are very obvious. The star rank and the final rank are just copied over from the Yahoo page. Can't cut and paste effectively, as far as I know, so hand transcribed it. Star rank, final rank. Easy. Difference between them. Easy. If the final rank is lower than the starting rank, the difference will be a negative number. We will be subtracting the final rank from the starting rank. The absolute value of that number is a positive number. If you don't know absolute value, it's basically just a measurement of distance away from a point. It doesn't matter in what direction, effectively. So if I'm standing in the middle, and there's someone five yards to my right, and there's another person five yards to my left, neither one of them is a negative distance from me. It's not a traditional axis. They are each a positive five yards from me. I would have to go five yards to get to either of those people. And that is what absolute value is here in this retrospect. I know we're getting into the weeds a little bit, so for folks that don't remember as much high school math, do a quick refresher on some of this stuff. So the absolute value, where the difference we were talking about, the difference measures what direction the miss happened on, The absolute value just measures how far the miss was. Steph Curry finished at 32, 29 slots too low, but the absolute value of that, of course, is 29 spaces away. Next thing, we're doing a live sum of the differences, which is relevant only because we're going to be taking averages of those sums. This is... Total miss distance all added together, positive or negative, which I believe actually creates a little bit of cloudiness around the number. This is why I like the absolute value, because absolute value is telling you how far off Yahoo's ranks were. 
right? Yahoo's not trying to tell you in their preseason ranks. They're not listing guys by whether they think someone's going to be a value pick. That's our job is to figure that out. They're putting all the guys where they think they're going to be. So whether they miss for or against a particular player, a miss is a miss. And by the way, I'm not picking on Yahoo here. We all have our misses. And it's basically impossible to get a bunch of picks right on the dot in a row. It's almost impossible. But the reason we do this is to figure out how helpful, number one, how helpful this information can be as you go into your draft season and take the Yahoo pre-ranks and ADPs and work from that. And number two, where we start to really veer off or where they veer off. So the reason I don't like the, the live sum and the live average and even the average per five and per 10, and we'll get to those in just a second, the reason I don't like those as much as the absolute value is that, like we said with Kawhi Leonard and Drew Holiday, because those picks were back-to-back and because one was a positive 10-slot miss and the next was a negative 15-slot miss, when you put those two together... It almost looks like Yahoo got it right on the nose. It has the same impact on our live sum as Yahoo missing by a grand total of negative five on any two picks. I mean, that's crazy. Right? Like, if they got Anthony Towns right on the nose, and then they, or excuse me, they got Anthony Davis, (laughs) if they got Anthony Davis right on the nose, and then let's say they missed Carl Anthony Towns by five, That's pretty damn good. That's very good to get one right on the nose and then miss the next one by five. But missing one by 10 one way and 15 the other way, that's not as good. It's not horrible, by the way. I'm not not making a judgment call on how good or bad this particular miss was at this juncture of the draft. Just to say that you can't treat a two-slot sum of negative five the same if the absolute value of the misses is 25 versus our other example, the absolute value would have been actually just five. You could go bigger on your numbers if you really want to make a point. If you had two players back-to-back, one was a miss by 80 in the upward direction. Like, where's Hassan Whiteside? Let's, Let's go there. Let's see if anybody near him is a miss in the big time in the positive direction. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect, guys. It's perfect. Joe Ingles was the preseason number 80 on Yahoo. He finished at 150. That's negative 70. Hassan Whiteside was preseason 81. He finished at 8. That's a positive 73. The sum of those two picks is negative 3. That looks like they nailed it back-to-back. Negative three. It doesn't change the running average at all over those two picks. It doesn't change the running average at all. In fact, it makes it look better. Because by that part of the draft, most of the misses are in the 20, 30, 40 range. And then all of a sudden, you have a 70 miss and another 70 miss. And it looks like they cancel each other out. In real life, having a really good pick followed by a really bad one doesn't really counsel each other out. And this isn't picks. This is expected ranks. Now, if you look over at the absolute value, 
why that seems to be a bit more indicative. Well, how about that, huh? The absolute value tracker. The live absolute value tracker told a very different story than the live average tracker. Because the live average tracker actually went down. It went from an average miss size at this juncture of the draft of 20 and a half. After the next two picks, it went to an average miss size of only negative 20. Pretty silly, right? And plus, not only that, it's tracking in a negative direction. So at this point, basically any hit in the positive direction helps shrink that number. So this is why I like the absolute value a lot more. It tells a a much different story. A miss is a miss. It doesn't matter which direction it goes. The live absolute value average jumped. Where the hell is that column? (laughs) There we go. Yeah, that one went from 29.5 to 30.6. That makes sense. It's missing by more at this juncture of the draft. If you miss by back-to-back picks by 70, which happens pretty regularly as you get to that 80, 90, 100, 110 range, the average should track up. It should be a bigger miss size. So that's why we like the absolute value. Where do we leave off on these uh, these numbers? Okay, so we had the uh, live sum. We had the live absolute value sum. We had the live average. We had the live absolute value average. And then we have per fives and per tens. And what that means is, and you've actually probably seen a lot of this while uh, if you've been following any of the COVID stats, they show a live, you know, seven-day running average. That's basically what this is. It's a five-pick running average or a 10-pick running average. So it's bas- it's the miss size over the last 10 picks. And it'll fluctuate. This one, it has its ups and it has its downs. You see areas where someone like a Blake Griffin, who was a negative 263, he gets into the mix for 10 picks, but then he comes back out of the mix. So this gives you a better indicator of how the last 10 picks have gone. And a, and a pick like Blake Griffin then doesn't stay in the average the rest of time. You know, even if we're going on absolute value, Blake Griffin at pick 43, the, the absolute value average, the total miss average size by that point was 18.3. After Blake Griffin, it went up to 24.2. But at pick 42 in your draft, Yahoo didn't just magically get six slots worse at getting it near the correct answer. It was one guy who blew up the program. So it's important to note that from that point on, Blake Griffin will indeed come back out again 10 picks later. So at pick 52, Blake Griffin leaves the trailing 10, which went from a 50-slot miss on average to just 13. So it's a good way to remove outliers. 
you remove outliers and quick spikes don't have quite the same impact and they don't impact the number forever. So that's why those are important. So those are the categories we're looking at. I know we're 20 minutes into this podcast, but it's to me, and this is how we end up with this show is pedantic reviews on iTunes. I get it. I know. But this is really important. This is These are key elements to understand as we start to go through some of the names. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to make sure we get through the top 10 so we can at least get an actual value in each of these categories. And we're going to go through it player by player, and then we'll pick points at which to stop and discuss things that we're learning. Player number one, as we already mentioned, is Anthony Davis, and that one was spot on. So the difference, the absolute value, the sum, the average, all that stuff is zero. <laughs> Easy. Pick two, Carl Anthony Towns was the preseason number two. He finished at number five, so the difference was three in the negative direction. Live sum, also negative three, absolute value of three, absolute value sum is three, all that stuff. Yeah, easy enough. Live absolute value average is one and a half, and the live running average is negative one and a half because it was missed in the negative direction. Steph Curry was the third pick on the preseason rank, finished at 32. So that changes the live sum and the absolute value sum. They're still both tracking in the same direction because both misses so far have been on the negative side. So the absolute value and the regular are going to have the same number. One's just going to be the negative version of the other. James Harden, fourth preseason ranked player on Yahoo, finished at number two. So now we finally have our first miss in the positive direction, uh, which now uh, creates our first split in the running average and the absolute value average. The running average is negative seven and a half. The absolute value average is eight and a half. Both numbers trended down, and that's the beauty of it here, because now you're dividing your total number by four players instead of three. So both numbers trended down, but the absolute value trended down more slowly. Only by a little bit, but let's remember, the difference between what the previous one was, which was negative 32, and positive 2, that's 34 slots. The difference between positive 32 and 2 is only 30 slots. That one's just closer. And the number 5 pick in last year's preseason ranking, or the number 5 rank, I should say, is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who finished at 18. So a negative 13, or 13 spaces in the, we'll call it the down direction, gets lumped into the mix. The sum of all the picks at this point is negative 43. The absolute value of all of the picks at this point summed is 47. Positive 47, of course. And thus, the live average is negative 8.6, and the absolute value average is 9.4. We now officially have our first average per five, <laughs> which I know we're, we're getting into the weeds again. And I don't think it tells us anything at this point. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. What I do want to spend time on after these first five picks is comparison to last year. Because last year, after five picks, which was Harden, AD, Giannis, Steph, and Towns, same five guys, the difference, the running sum at that point was negative three. And the absolute value was five. After the top five picks, Yahoo was missing by one 
absolute value per slot. James Harden was a one-point miss. AD was a one-point miss. Giannis was two. Steph was spot on. Cat was one. Crushed it. Top five were right on the mark. Same five guys this year. But Giannis couldn't hit a free throw. Steph got hurt. Never had a chance to get himself back into that top mix. And so you've got this weird, discombobulated set of averages right out of the chute because of Steph, mostly, but also Giannis. This is why, this year, the absolute value lagging indicator, the per 10, the absolute value over the last 10 picks, is going to be our area of focus. Because you don't even have an opening at the beginning of the draft this year where things went according to plan. Last year, Russell Westbrook was the biggest miss in the first round. He was draft or uh, Victor Oladipo, I guess. He was drafted 11th last year. Westbrook was the biggest miss inside the top 10. He was negative 21. That sort of blew things up pretty quickly towards the back end of that first round, and then Oladipo coming right behind him followed that with a big blow-up. In this one, things actually got a lot closer after the top five. Jokic, we'll go through them now one by one, and I'll explain my thinking on this. Things actually got pretty tight for a little while until you got to, like, Paul George and Kemba. That's where there was a little bit of a jump again. To me, it's really interesting to compare this stuff to previous years because it it also shows that this stuff isn't static, but it does all end up in a pretty similar spot. Nikola Jokic was the sixth-ranked player in the preseason. He finished at number nine by averages. Now, remember, he played in every game, so by totals, he does get a little bit of a bump, but we're going on averages today. Number seven pre-ranked player was Joel Embiid. He finished at 16 by averages, so a nine-point downward miss. Damian Lillard was number eight in the preseason. He finished at six by averages. Again, better than that by totals by a little bit, but still a really good year for Dame. That's two in the positive direction. LeBron was nine in the preseason. He finished at 10. That's basically a, that's basically a nailed it. Bradley Beal was 10 in the preseason. He finished at 12. That also is basically a nailed it. So by all accounts... The first round was pretty good. Steph Curry and Giannis screwed it up, but mostly Steph's injury. You just get that one big one blended in, and the whole thing comes apart. So we're at the end of the first 10 at this point, and to me, again, the column that I want to really focus on, especially when you compare it year over year, is that absolute value last 10. And at the end of the first round this year, the 6.4 miss size was 6.4. It was 4.9 last year, despite Russell Westbrook having that 21 point or slot miss as the 10th pick. It's quite a bit less than that right before. It was about 3, 3.11, I think, at that exact juncture. It was 3.11 in the top nine. And then it went to 4.9 because of Russell Westbrook. This year, I mean, it was big throughout the first round. From Steph, however, and this is sort of the odd twist of it, if you look at last year, the number basically went up. 
didn't really go down. It hovered at one, went up to three, stayed at three for a couple slots, and then went to 4.9 on Westbrook. This year, it jumped to 10.6 after three picks, then slowly came down to 6.4 because the rest of the first round was generally a bunch of hits. So congratulations, Yahoo. If not for Steph Curry, you crushed it. In fact, what if we changed Steph Curry to a perfect hit? What would that do to the numbers? It makes the first round 3.5. Which is, as you might recall, damn close to the 3.1 through the top 9 last year. So by all accounts, the first round remained a good round. Yeah, Joel Embiid was a dangerous play, but still, only missed by nine is a big deal at the top of the draft, but not a backbreaker. The missed games were a backbreaker. Giannis was arguably a backbreaker because of how he ended up at number 18. If you're in head-to-head, he wasn't a backbreaker. Yeah, Roto, he kind of was. And then Steph, yeah, I mean, obviously, he was a backbreaker. He missed the entire season. That's not an arguable point. But overall, Yahoo basically got their top 10 right. That's an easy thing to analyze, isn't it? Well, guess what? They basically got their top 18 right, more or less. Okay? It's not, it's not a perfect science. There's some small to medium-sized misses in there, but there weren't the catastrophic misses that we had last year. Catastrophic misses over the next 10 picks. In fact, picks 10 through... 17 last year were particularly bad. Russell Westbrook was a 21-slot miss. Victor Oladipo was a 36-slot miss. Ben Simmons was a 48-slot miss. Donovan Mitchell was a 34-slot miss. There were four big misses in the span of, what did I just count off? Eight? Four out of eight were whiffs last year? Nine through 17? This year, the misses started at Kemba Walker. I mean, that's your, that's your true miss. Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday, Kawhi Leonard, yeah, those were 10 to 15. One round miss. But the first two round miss, outside of Steph and his broken wrist, was Kemba Walker. And that came at 18. So by all accounts, this year, the early part of the second round, remember last year we were like, the second round is a disaster zone. The second round is always going to be a mess. Perhaps we overreacted a little bit. This year, the first half of the second round was really good. Back half had a couple of misses. Kemba, Miles Turner actually made it into the end of the second round. Third round, you get some misses as well. But I think our paranoia from last year that the second round was always just going to be a graveyard was perhaps unfounded. It was clouded, and I'm going I'm going to go 10-team league right now because it's just easier to think about in, in chunks of 10. But, I mean, hell, last year you also had John Wall as a big miss if you go 12-team rounds in the second round. And Bede was actually a miss in the positive direction last year at 11. But look, here's the thing. If you're counting off that 10-20 that to 20 area, Last year, and I, I know we, we talked about it a lot, how many misses there were 
last season in the 10 to 20 zone. Westbrook was almost a two-round miss. Oladipo, three rounds. Simmons, four rounds. Donovan Mitchell, three rounds. Those are big misses early in a draft. And this year, as we just mentioned, 10 through 20, the only miss that hit the two-round threshold was Kemba Walker. So the worst pick in the top two rounds, again, Steph Curry aside, was Kemba Walker. Here are the names over the next 10 picks, and we'll probably put a pin in this over the weekend uh, when we get to around the 40-minute mark or so. I want to make sure we, we work our way through this thing methodically. We have a lot of time to kill. I don't want to rush it. Kyrie Irving was number 11. He finished at number 4 on a per-game basis. Yes, I know injuries were crushing, but overall, you know, if you were, gonna, if you were guessing, hey, is this guy going to hit this mark? Yeah, I mean, if he was healthy, he would have. Jimmy Butler picked at 12, or preseason rank of 12, finished at 14. Kawhi Leonard, preseason 13, finished at 3. That's a really nice one. Drew Holiday started at 14, finished at 29. Not good, but also not nearly as bad as folks would have you believe. Trey Young, uh, Rudy Gobert, excuse me, preseason 15, finished at 28 after a slow start. Trey Young started at 16, finished at 19, very close. Paul George started at 17, finished at 31. The injuries hurt. He never quite got back to himself. He was probably going to trend back towards his ADP if we got to play the rest of this season normal style. And then you get to Kemba Walker, who's, again, the big miss in this first 20. Finished at 42, preseason 18. Russell Westbrook started at 19, finished at 33. And Luka Doncic started at 20, finished at 20. Right on the nosy. Interestingly... On Yahoo, the only two players who hit their mark early were Anthony Davis and Luka Doncic. You guys want to guess the only other player on Yahoo who was a perfect hit inside the top 100? Terry Rozier. Yahoo had him 72 to start and 72 to finish. There were, however, a handful of guys who finished within one or two slots of where they began, and uh, we'll laugh about those when we get to them. Or not. We might just enjoy it. Either way, that was a fun little trivia game. Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Terry Rozier. Other notes on that next grouping of 10, however, is that, again, this is where the absolute value tells a better story. And to me, the farther you go, the more the absolute value becomes the more important tracker. Because as you get deeper into a draft and your misses get bigger, or they should at least, the absolute value will reflect the fact that the misses are big in both directions. The traditional average will actually take a positive miss and shrink the number. Any positive miss, big or small, a big positive miss dramatically helps the live running average. It shouldn't work that way. That's like we just talked about with Hassan Whiteside. He was a great pick, but that's not what this discussion is about. We're figuring out if Yahoo had their head on straight. Yahoo being a 73-slot miss, good or bad, should indicate in the numbers that there was a big miss, and it doesn't in the running averages it brings that number smaller. It looks like Yahoo just got closer to getting it right when, in fact, they didn't. The only thing that should make the number go down 
is getting it right. For instance, and we're not anywhere near this yet, DeJounte Murray. Preseason 84 finished at 70. Missing by 14 in the 80s is effectively getting it right. You know what that did? That shrunk the absolute value. That made it smaller. Because at that point, the absolute value average was about a two and a half round miss. And Yahoo came along and got that one right to within one round. So, the average miss size got a little bit smaller. Same thing with Jared Allen. It was a seven-slot miss. That made it smaller. Jeremy Lamb, who was a one-slot miss, made it smaller. We probably could have focused more on that number last year as well. And that's why that's that, to me, is, it, it, again, that's sort of your mathematical climax in all this is the absolute value average and the running 10 on that as well. So that's your next 10. That gets us to the top 20. Where do we sit with our various numbers at this point? Well, for one, the fact that Luka Doncic finished off the top 20 by being a perfect hit should have really shrunken our averages. Guess which one it sh- guess which one it had the greater impact on? That's right, the absolute value. Cuz a 0 is the absolute best number you can put into an absolute value average if you want to keep that number small. A running average, the best number you can put is a very large number in the opposite direction of whatever the running average had. So at that point the running average was negative 6.5. If you throw a big positive number in there, That would have a better impact than a zero. That's dumb. After the top 15, which was Rudy Gobert, the absolute value average was 7.4. Still. Remember what we said it was after the top 10? 6.4. Kemba Walker bumped it from 7.5 to 8.5. That was the big jump there. And then it actually came back down again at Luka to 8.3. So the absolute value average at the end of the second 10, not second round, I guess. I need to watch my my verbiage here. At the end of the top 20 was 8.3. Last year, it was 10.85. So Yahoo actually was better, despite Steph Curry. And I know we can't really play that way. Because if you take Steph Curry out this year, you kind of have to take Victor Oladipo out last year. Although he did play half the season. That's a little different than five games. So we'll play that same game again. What do these numbers look like if we take Steph Curry out? The absolute value average at the end of 20 picks would have been 6.8. Instead of 8.3. 6.8. That's really good. I mean, that's really, really good. Impressive work from Yahoo this year inside the top 20. Kemba Walker, the only notable miss. Some small medium misses, but only Kemba Walker. Okay, so how do we interpret that going forward? Well, again, we're still only working with 
two to three years of data at this point. But I do think that Yahoo's getting better. On the whole, they are getting better. Especially at nailing the stuff earlier in the draft. Which I think then plays into, in these top 20, what we've talked about before. Play it easy at this point. Don't get crazy. There's no reason to go reaching down the charts for someone with a preseason rank of 30 when you have picked 19. Because right now, it's clear, without Steph Curry and his busted wrist, Yahoo was within six, basically, 6.8, so closer to seven, throughout the top 20. That's really good. I know you want it to be in the positive direction. That's what you're looking for. You're hoping that it's not a miss. But it's also telling you, hey, you can take most of the guys we have pre-ranked for you here, and they're not going to break you. You know what would break you? Grabbing someone farther down the list that also misses. Take the number 13 guy. If he misses by 10 slots, you're still okay. So Yahoo, to this point, getting better. Again, 8.3 with Steph in the mix and 6.8 with him out. Teaser to Monday. The 21 through 30 rank, things do start to get a little bit hairy. They did last year, and they will again. That is a big piece of information, and we'll break it down on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, I know, a little bit thick, this podcast. Many of you are going to hate me for it, but this is how we get better. This is how we win every year. This is how we win, by understanding what everything means at its deepest, most minute core. I am Dan Bashpers, and this is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. We'll get back at you on Monday, pick up with pick 21. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Keep the countdown going. Let's hear something good from MLB. So long, everybody. This has been a hoop ball presentation.